0: Hello, and welcome to Your Guide to AI, a monthly deep dive into key developments in AI. I'm Nathan Banesh, a general partner of AirStreet Capital, and I'll be walking you through this audio edition that covers the month of March 2021. This edition is organized in four chapters, AI and industry, research, resources, and startups. I'll be discussing AI and drug discovery, the US and UK's government AI roadmaps, Apple and Intel Silicon programs, new research and self-attention, and billions of dollars of worth of investments and IPOs. My goal is to get you up to speed in about five minutes per chapter. So let's get started. AI in industry, life, and science. In his popular column for Science Translational Medicine, Derek Lowe rightly pressed AI developers to attack the right problems if they want to have an impact on drug discovery. In short, this means pointing AI to the later stages of drug discovery. Why? This is where potential improvements have the most impact based on the cost of capital, expected return from a new drug, patent lifetimes, etc. However, most computational drug discovery companies will pitch no more stumbling around screening piles of molecules, no more tedious property optimization, Low rights. but the real problem is having drug candidates fail in the clinic. All that other stuff is a round-off error compared to the clinical failure rate. He wraps by concluding, What everybody wants are AI systems, computational techniques, and models that will reduce all the finger-crossing in tachycardia. But that's unfortunately some ways off. For the record, I'm with you, Derek. I also think that we have a compelling answer to talk about. That's why I'm hugely excited to publicly discuss our investment in Vienna-based Allsight, a startup that has found a way to uncover bespoke cancer therapies, as per Jeremy Kahn's story in Fortune. Today, drugs are moved into the clinic because they exhibit favorable activity in preclinical systems such as animal models and cell lines. However, humans are not mice and cell lines don't recapitulate the complexity of human cancer and its immune microenvironment. This is where all steps in. The company makes use of high content microscopy and computer vision to interpret the activity of cancer drugs directly in viable primary cancer tissue from the patient at the single cell level. In doing so, Allsight moves beyond genomic testing of cancer patients to identify drugs that could work, an approach that sees 90% of lung cancer patients not respond to suggested therapies, and instead into functional precision medicine at the cellular level. Now this isn't just research. At the American Society of Hematology's annual conference last year, Allsight showed results from a clinical study of oncologists who used this technology on 143 late-stage blood cancer patients who had exhausted all known treatment options. AllSight's system could find a drug amongst 136 candidates that led to longer patient survival in 55% of the 56 cases in which patients were treatable. This is a major win for pharma and patients. Indeed, AllSight's technology is already in use with 10 major pharmaceutical companies to help them build confidence in advancing drugs into clinical trials only after having validated that the drug works in what is essentially a mini clinical study on patient primary tissue. Meanwhile, the Broad Institute, a powerhouse of computational biology, received a $150 million gift from Eric and Wendy Schmidt to significantly expand its work in AI-first biology. We can expect this to drive even more research and development, open sourcing, and company creation. Recall that Recursion, which filed to go public on the NASDAQ this month, Made use of the Broad cell profiler at the very beginning of its life to showcase how cellular phenotypes can be efficiently interpreted with computer vision. In healthcare, Q joined Natural Cycles as the two FDA clear digital solutions for birth control. These products produce predictions on the chances of pregnancy using either the start date of their period, CLUE, or daily temperature measurements, Natural Cycles. As its users input more cycle data the product can narrow the risk window down to two weeks or less the geopolitics of ai last month's newsletter looked at the uk's ai roadmap at evidence for chinese funding of defense related ai research at publicly funded uk institutions over in the u.s the national security commission a bipartisan commission led by google's eric schmidt and former u.s deputy secretary of defense robert work released his final report on how the u.s can quote Win the AI Era. It presents a strategy for the US to defend against AI threats, employ AI for national security in a responsible manner, and, quote, win the broader technology competition for the sake of our prosperity, security, and welfare. The authors are clear about what is at stake. Quote, for the first time since World War II, America's technological predominance, the backbone of its economic and military power is under threat. China possesses the might, talent, and ambition to surpass the United States as the world leader in AI in the next decade if current trends do not change. Simultaneously, AI is deepening the threat posed by cyber attacks and disinformation campaigns that Russia, China, and others are using to infiltrate our society, steal our data, and interfere in our democracy. The limited uses of AI-enabled attacks to date represent the tip of the iceberg. Meanwhile, global crises exemplified by COVID-19 and climate change highlight the need to expand our conception of national security and find innovative AI-enabled solutions. Their recommendation is to drive for widespread integration of AI in the workforce, both civilian and government, and the military by 2025. This includes a US Digital Service Academy to train talent for government and a push for Congress to pass a National Defense Education Act to invest in fellowships across the higher education stack. On the funding front, the government should double non-defense funding for AI R&D to $32 billion per year by 2026. Further, it should triple the number of national AI research institutes, develop a national AI research infrastructure for cloud computing and training data, and reform IP policies to favor patenting of AI in the U.S. The U.S. is also called on to shore up resources for designing and fabricating microelectronics after almost entirely outsourcing these capabilities to Asia in the last decades. It must also modernize export controls and screen foreign investment to protect U.S. enterprises. The report puts this very clearly, quote, the U.S. supply chain for advanced chips is at risk without concerted government action. Rebuilding domestic chip manufacturing will be very expensive, but the time to act is now. On the defense front, the Pentagon must drive organizational reforms, develop new warfighting concepts and weapons, and work with the DoD to augment and focus its AI R&D portfolio. Relatedly, President Biden passed an executive order for a 100-day review of supply chains for semiconductors, large-capacity batteries for EVs, pharmaceuticals, and rare earth metals. The outcome of this review could add more urgency to infrastructure spending for supply chain onshoring. All the while, the U.S. is treading a very careful path of overhauling its military-industrial complex while hopefully avoiding a more expansive military-civil fusion that we see in China. Over in the UK, Boris Johnson has said that the £16.5 billion defence budget boost that he announced last year would be used to fund a new military research centre for AI. The government will invest in AI technologies, unmanned aircraft, directed energy weapons, And other battlefield use cases various british and international startups are involved in this program such as improbable defense Adarga, and rebellion defense on the topic of economics sam altman wrote a long piece entitled moore's law for everything in which he paints a future for the american economy when we reach agi he argues that this revolution will create phenomenal wealth because the price of most if not all labor will fall to zero this wealth however needs to be distributed widely to enable more people to participate and to collectively raise the standard of living. To do so, he makes the case for an American Equity Fund, which I actually think is a very good one. The idea is that because machines will drive labor, costs will fall precipitously. So rather than taxing labor, we should be taxing capital. For everybody to participate in the accrual of value of companies that produce learning machines, the American Equity Fund would tax companies above a certain valuation in the form of shares. All adult citizens would receive an annual distribution from the American Equity Fund and would be free to spend it however they wish. I think that we could further incentivize long-term ownership by implementing a capital gains rate that decays with the holding period. I also think that a national equity fund like this one could rebalance the feelings that big tech is uniformly bad and takes advantage of consumers. For example, if consumers earned equity, not just discount vouchers, in the companies they transacted with regularly, I think we'd have much more alignment between consumer and enterprise. Now, let's discuss hardware. Apple made a big move by announcing a 1 billion euro investment into the Munich area to develop a European silicon design center. It will encompass a 30,000 square meter facility for 1,500 engineers to focus on power management design, application processors, and wireless technologies, including 5G. The statement deepens Apple's commitment to Germany, where in 2015 it opened its Bavaria Design Center for 350 engineers. This facility created custom silicon to deliver improved performance and power efficiency for several Apple products, including the iPhone, iPad, and M1-based Macs. By 2015, Apple opened more silicon engineering sites in Germany and a new radio technology site in Austria. Meanwhile, Taiwan is suffering the worst drought in 56 years, forcing the restricted use of water. In addition to the ecological challenges this poses, Taiwan's semiconductor industry will also take a hit because it relies on massive amounts of water. TSMC needs 156,000 tons of water per day, of which a third of the water is used in Taiwan's key science parks. The company does, however, reuse 90% of its water. Taiwan also accused Bitmain, one of China's biggest crypto computing infrastructure companies, of illegally running two research centers in Taiwan and hiring employees from TSMC. Upon registration, these Chinese companies do not disclose their activities in chip design or research. Intel's CEO made a big splash by stating the company would double down on domestic semiconductor manufacturing by investing $20 billion to build two new chip fabs in Arizona. Intel is back, he said. The old Intel is the new Intel. This temporarily shot TSMC's share price down by 10%. But money is just one thing. TSMC remains the dominant player technology-wise. The company captures almost 90% of the $21 billion in 2020 revenue for the most advanced 10 nanometer to 5 nanometer processes. Indeed, recall that Apple ditched Intel chips with their own line of processors based on the ARM core. Graphcore published major updates to their popular software stack that enables the scale-out capabilities of the IPU compute system. Meanwhile, Facebook Reality Labs and the Control Labs team that they acquired demonstrated wristbands that use electromyography to translate neural signals from muscles into actions while also providing haptic feedback. These wristbands will be compatible with VR experiences as well. Back over in China there may be a hint of popular pushback against facial recognition. A state-controlled broadcaster, China's Central Television, CCTV, no pun intended here, ran a 10-minute investigative segment where undercover reporters talked to surveillance camera makers who showed how cameras could quote, recognize and document a person's age, ethnicity, and even emotional state. The cameras also successfully identified return customers in shopping malls, allowing sellers to call up purchase histories in real time. A draft law could pass in 2021 that will let the government regulate how facial recognition is used in the commercial domain. In particular, it suggests that personal identification should only operate in public venues for the purposes of public security. TBD what that actually means. Now on to big tech. In Japan, Honda launched their first Level 3 ADAS vehicle, which is able to pass slow moving vehicles without driver intervention. Similarly. Volvo's 550-person self-driving unit that's called Zenseact and LiDAR makers Luminar also announced a highway autopilot system that will be offered to third parties and on specific Volvo cars. Luminar is also providing its sensor to SAIC motor, one of China's largest automakers, and will open a Shanghai office. In the US, several states have passed rulings to allow delivery robots, such as Starship, to operate on sidewalks. These include Pennsylvania, Virginia, Idaho, Florida, and Wisconsin. OpenAI shared that nine months after launching their API, more than 300 applications are using GPT-3. The API service generates 4.5 billion words per day on average. And Amazon began using facial recognition and biometric tracking using Netrodyne cameras for the 75,000 delivery drivers in the United States. This is sparking controversy because drivers apparently do not have a choice but to opt in if they wish to keep their employment. Now, onto the research section. Here's a selection of impactful work that caught my eye. First, a paper called Scaling Local Self Attention for Parameter Efficient Visual Backbones, written by authors at Google Research. Self attention is expanded from natural language processing to computer vision because it offers parameter independent scaling in contrast to the parameter dependent scaling of convolutions that dominate computer vision today. This paper pushes the envelope of self-attention by proposing two extensions, first, blocked local attention, and second, attention downsampling, that together improve speed, memory usage, and the accuracy of resulting models. The paper presents a new self-attention model family called HaloNets, which outperforms much larger models in a transfer learning context of ImageNet 21K, and has much better inference performance than very strong models such as BIT and VIT, Second, a paper called Multimodal Neurons in Artificial Neural Networks, written by OpenAI. Earlier this year, OpenAI published CLIP, a neural network that learns visual concepts from natural language supervision. In this work, they use interpretability methods to show that CLIP contains multimodal neurons. These are neurons that activate in response to a concept, for example, Spider-Man, whether it's represented as an image, an image of text, or even a sketch. They suggest that Clip's multimodal neurons are similar to the famous Halle Berry neuron discovered 15 years ago in the human brain. Next, another computer vision paper, entitled Sear, The Start of a More Powerful, Flexible and Accessible Era for Computer Vision, written by Facebook AI. This paper describes a new billion-parameter self-supervised computer vision model. It pre-trains on a billion random, unlabeled and uncurated images from Instagram and is able to reach over 84% top 1 accuracy on ImageNet, or about 78% top 1 accuracy when using just 10% of the ImageNet dataset. To train this model, the authors made use of a self-supervised learning approach that uses online clustering to rapidly group images with similar visual concepts and leverages their similarities. They open source a PyTorch-based library for self-supervision training called VISSL. Next, a paper in genetics entitled haplotype aware variant Calling enables high accuracy in nanopore long reads using deep neural networks, written by collaborators at UC Santa Cruz Genomics. In genome sequencing, it's not only a game of cost per genome, but also of read length. Genomes are compiled computationally by layering hundreds of base pairs of DNA fragments using overlapping sequences. Newer technologies, like Oxford Nanopore, offer long-range sequence reads, which means hundreds of thousands of base pairs in length. The challenge has been accuracy and throughput. This paper presents a method for interpreting changes in base pairs from long sequence reads, called variant calling, using recurrent neural networks. Into NLP, a paper called M6, a Chinese multimodal pre-trainer, written by Alibaba and Singhua. This paper introduces two main contributions. The first is the largest multimodal pre-training dataset, the M6 corpus, in Chinese, and the second is a cross-modal pre-training method called M6, which they scaled to 100 billion parameters. This model is based on the transformer and is pre-trained with multiple tasks, including visual question answering, poem generation, and text-to-image generation. The dataset was built using web crawling and machine learning based QA steps to filter for quality and spam. On the topic of datasets, a paper called Quality at a Glance, an audit of web crawled multilingual datasets with tons of authors. Speaking of large datasets for pre training, this paper manually audits the quality of 205 language specific corpora released with five major public datasets. It also audits the correctness of language codes in a sixth dataset. The purpose is to determine whether datasets that are used for pre-training are of good quality and whether they actually contain content in the languages they're meant to. The authors find problems, in particular with low-resource languages, where corpora are completely erroneous or contain a significant amount of sentences that are not of acceptable quality. Moreover, 40% of the corpora include non-standard or ambiguous language codes or are just mislabeled. Next, in video a paper entitled Learning from Videos to Understand the World, written by Facebook AI. A key trend of AI research is how to endow systems with a common sense understanding of the world. One promising avenue is to learn common sense from video. In previous editions of the newsletter, we've discussed 20 billion neurons and their crowd-acting approach to video understanding. This paper introduces the Learning from Videos project at Facebook which is designed to build AI that automatically learns multilingual audio, textual, and visual representations from publicly available videos on Facebook. The Describe by the company took six months to implement a self-supervised framework for video understanding within Instagram Reels' recommendation system. Here, a model that learns both audio and visual encoders of video content is used to automatically learn themes from popular videos based on their use of related audio tracks. Over in AI safety, a paper called Causal Analysis of Agent Behavior for AI Safety, written by authors at DeepMind. This paper introduces a methodology for investigating and uncovering the causal mechanisms that underlie a black box learning agent's behavior. It focuses on the question of why, and makes use of a simulator to produce test environments, allowing recording of reactions in response to various inputs and interventions. Then the authors introduce a causal reasoning engine where a researcher formally expresses assumptions by encoding them as causal probabilistic models and evaluating their hypotheses. It seems that the quality of this causal analysis might rely on the quality of the authors' priors. Over in Healthcare, a paper entitled Common Pitfalls and Recommendations for Using Machine Learning to Detect and Prognosticate for COVID-19 Using Chest, Radiographs, and CT Scans, written by Cambridge University. During the pandemic, lots of papers sprung up to suggest that computer vision could provide accurate detection and pronostication of COVID-19 from radiographs and chest CT scans. From a pool of 2,212 studies, the authors screened 62 studies that passed basic quality assurance. They found that none of the models are of potential clinical utility due to methodological flaws and or underlying biases. This highlights the importance of both peer review and rigorous preclinical and clinical testing of AI systems as discussed in previous editions of this newsletter. Lastly, in self-driving, a paper entitled Emerging Behavior of our Driving Intelligence with End-to-End Deep Learning, written by WAVE. The company provides video evidence to show how its vehicles manage unprotected right turns in city traffic. Their system interprets the world using camera-first computer vision and learns to drive using imitation learning and reinforcement learning, both in simulation and on public roads. Next, the resources section. The 2021 AI index report is out. You can find lots of great charts that track trends in research, talent, state-of-the-art benchmarks, amongst others. I contributed to section 2.7, entitled Healthcare and Biology, on page 76 of the report in which Philip Schwaller and I showed the progress of machine learning on synthesizing molecular synthesis. The UK's Turing Institute published a policy briefing on the gender job gap in AI. The work finds that women in AI are not only vastly outnumbered to men, referring to Margaret Mitchell's AI as its sea of dudes problem, but women also have a higher job turnover and attrition rates than men. And yet women have higher formal educational standards than men across all industries. The briefing includes recommendations such as setting report standards regarding gender and other workforce characteristics and the widespread implementation of gender-inclusive labor market policies. If you're in the market for AI-based medical imaging solutions in radiology, consider the new Eclair guidelines. Facebook AI published a deep dive on self-supervised learning, which they believe to be a major accelerant of AI breakthroughs, as evidenced by the papers we highlighted above. Waymo expanded their open dataset to include behavior prediction and motion forecasting training data. The next challenges focus on motion prediction, interaction prediction, real time, 2D, and 3D detection. This follows Lyft's motion prediction dataset from 2020. A group of researchers open sourced SpeechBrain, a PyTorch based toolkit for speech recognition, speaker recognition, spoken language understanding, and more. And finally, Bessemer published a great roadmap. Focused on unlocking machine learning for drug discovery. Next up, the startup section, starting with funding rounds. Insitro, an AI first drug discovery company founded by Daphne Kohler, raised a $400 million Series C led by the Canadian Pension Plan Investment Board. The company has a collaboration with Gilead in Nash, which is a liver disease, and another was Bristol Myers Squibbs in ALS, a neurological condition. Velo Health, a drug discovery company that uses machine learning approaches from target discovery through to clinical validation, raised a $110 million Series B led by Koch Disruptive Technologies. The company was founded within flagship pioneering and has now raised over $450 million to date. Hugging Face, the open source NLP company, raised a $40 million Series B led by Addition. Their popular Transformers library now has 42,000 stars and 10,000 forks on GitHub. The company has also launched a data and model hub for contributors' use, in addition to a paid inference service over API. Rumors are the Hugging Face already received MA and Trust as the hottest private company property in NLP today. Data Miner, a real time AI platform for detecting high impact events and emerging risks in publicly available data, raised a $475 million growth round. FeedsEye, a fraud detection company, raised the $200 million round led by KKR. This values the business over $1 billion. Feeds counts Citigroup, which is also an investor, Fiserv, and SoFi as their customers. Viz.ai, the AI-first medical imaging company that was the first to win Medicare and Medicaid reimbursement last year for its stroke application, raised a $71 million Series C, led by scale venture partners and insight partners. The company says it will expand into other areas of acute care including cardiology, pulmonary, and trauma. Momenta, a Chinese self-driving company, raised a $500 million Series C from SAIC motor Toyota and Bosch alongside Temasek. The company sells semi-automated driving software to car makers and buys data from various providers to keep its fleet small. Datagrail, a data privacy company that offers data mining and discovery, data subject request fulfillment, and consent management, raised the $30 million Series B led by Felicis Ventures. It counts SNCC, Databricks, Overstock, and Crunchbase as customers. Datagen, a synthetic data company for computer vision, raised an $18.5 million round from TLV Partners and Viola Ventures. Oishi, a vertically farmed strawberry company, raised a $50 million Series A after launching their box of eight strawberries for $50 onto shelves in New York City. Grock, an AI chip company led by co-authors of the Google TPU, is in talks to raise a $300 million round led by Tiger Global. Guerilla Health, the API to patient healthcare data, raised a $15 million Series B from IA Capital Group and Nationwide. The product uses AI to create a unified patient index that matches clinical documents from various EMR and lab systems. 1910 Genetics, a drug design company working with small molecules and proteins, raised the $26 million Series A led by M12 and Playground Global. The company uses virtual screening and generative design in addition to in-house testing. Refaction, a robot delivery company founded by professors at the University of Michigan, raised a $4.2 million seed led by Pillar VC. Hi Marley, a text message-based insurance claim processing company, raised raised a $25 million Series B led by Emergence Capital. The business now has 40 customers live in production, including MetLife and American Family. Incode, an identity verification company that uses facial recognition, raised $25 million Series A led by DN Capital and 3L Capital. Camunda, an open source process automation software company based in Berlin, raised an 82 million Euro Series B led by Insight Partners. The company now has 4,000 customers, including Goldman Sachs, Lufthansa, and Orange. Similar to UiPath, Kamuda started as a business process management consulting slash outsourcing company back in 2008. It released its open source project in 2013 and grew from there. FlexLogic, a reconfigurable AI accelerator semiconductor designer, raised a $55 million Series D led by Mythro Capital. The company focuses on edge applications using low precision arithmetic and in memory computing. VoxSmart, an enterprise communications surveillance company, raised a $25 million round led by Tosca Fund. And now let's discuss exits. The big one is UiPath, the Romanian born leader of enterprise robotic process automation, which is filed to go public at a valuation of $35 billion. As of January 2020, the business generated $607 million in annual recurring revenue, growing 81% year-on-year. Just five years ago, its revenue was $1 million. The company also boasts best-in-class net dollar retention of 145%, with an average revenue per customer of approximately $72,000. This is a major win for enterprise software and has drawn the world's attention to the fact that large companies can be born in Europe. Second, Talend, a NASDAQ-listed French data integration and data integrity company, announced its take-private offer from PE firm Tomo Bravo for $2.4 billion. The business went public in 2016 at 10 years of age when it had 1,300 customers. On the first day of trading, its value closed at $770 million. That year, Talend generated $76 million in revenue, of which $63 million was on subscription. Today, Talon generates $287 million of revenue from over 6,000 customers and trades as a 7x EV to 2020 revenue. Third, Voyage, the self-driving company focused on private neighborhoods, example, for senior citizens, was acquired by Cruise for an undisclosed sum. The company brings three products with it, Commander, which is their AV system, Shield, a collision mitigation system, and Telesyst, a remote assistance solution along with 60 full-time employees. Fourth, Recursion, the AI-first drug discovery company, filed to go public on the NASDAQ. Its S1 states that the company has four clinical stage programs, 37 internally developed programs, and a huge amount of software to construct and search through vast quantities of imaging data that describes how drugs alter cellular phenotypes. Huge shout out to Chris and the team for a huge day one opening that values Recursion at $5 billion. Last but not least, Zymergen, the biomanufacturing company that creates breakthrough products filed to list on the NASDAQ. Its S1 describes a number of upcoming products with applications in electronics such as optical films, consumer care, which include naturally-derived insect propellants and UV protection, and agriculture, for example, nitrogen fixation and a herbicide. This wraps up the audio edition of Your Guide to AI. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and share it with your friends. I'm Nathan Benage, General Partner of Versu Capital, a venture capital firm investing in AI first technology and life science companies from day one. Thanks for listening, and see you next month.